Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero here, and you're listening to my Tour Coach Podcast. Tour Coach Podcasts come from my stories, the interviews, my roundtable discussions, the day-to-day interaction with the people that I teach in my journey in the game of golf, whether it's tour players that I teach or tour players that have fired me or, heck, it's other teachers that I think the world of and respect or it's mental coaches, performance coaches, or, hey, maybe it's just people that have made an indelible mark on my teaching. Whatever it is, I hope this helps you learn more about the playing, the teaching, or enjoying the great game of golf. I sure as heck have fun doing this. I hope you all enjoy listening to it. We've got great sponsors. We've always got great guests. And one thing that we for sure do here on the Tour Coach is we keep it real. None of this is scripted. This is just authentic. This is the discussions and the day-to-day interactions that we have as the dew sweepers and teaching and trying to help all of you play better golf. And look, if you enjoy our instruction and you're somebody wanting to get better, why don't you come see us and get help for your game with our world-famous retreats, which are going to be at Old Palm Golf Club in Palm Beach Gardens with my good friends Mark Hackett, Dan Terleski, Colby Tuyeg, Dr. Greg Carton, and, and a host of many, many more. Or you can come see me at uh, my studio in Mobile, Alabama, or at the Preserve Golf Club. And remember, everything you need to play better golf is always going to be available for you at DoSweepersGolf.com. You can find out where I am and how to be on a podcast if you go there. Enjoy this edition of The Tour Coach. All right, so here we are taping a, probably the last tour coach we'll tape for the season for the year. No, let's be doing one tomorrow night. We might do one tomorrow <laughs> night too. Uh, at Old Palm, um, got we've had an un- got an unbelievable weekend going on here at Old Palm. Uh, we got Mark Hackett here. We got Doctor Greg Carton, and if he disappears for a minute during the podcast, it's because he's putting drinks on Dan's tab. <laughs> he's, uh, he's now that he's figured out he can do that. Uh, we got Morgan Hale, who she'll be super loud. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we got Josh Bialowitz, right? Yes. New professional here at Old Palm, hung out with us today. Dan Terleski. And then we got the Shoebster. Shooby. I'm not going to try to pronounce your name. <laughs> right? Somebody asked me why you were called Shooby. I said, because I couldn't pronounce for any of the other parts of your name. Uh, we Shuby, know our weakness. We know our weakness. So Shooby's. One of uh, one of our students uh, from South Florida, from India originally. There you go. We actually talked last night about opening an academy in India. Be a great idea. Be a great idea. Huge hit. So uh, we're going to start off, and uh, let's start it with you, Doc. At the topic tonight, Hack actually came up with this. We'll talk a little bit about mentoring. Um, I think we with Shuby and some folks, we saw a good example of people that really want to get better, mm-hmm. and we spent a good bit of time today. I, Obviously, there was a fair amount of good juniors that we saw this afternoon, but I thought the stuff we did with members this morning was awesome. Talk a little bit about what you saw and the experience and, and what people yeah. can take from it. It was great. And I think, Dan, I was talking, I, t- I talked to Tom Lovelady about this before, that um, you don't need to reinvent the wheel for these guys. They're, they're looking for little things here and there to get better. They, they love playing golf, and they're just looking for something that's going to make them just a little bit better. So being yourself as a teacher, as a psychologist, or whatever it may be, uh, being honest and, you know, getting that message across was, was really, really cool to watch. And it, it, I don't know. You tell me you know these guys better than I do. They look like they're having a great time. Let me ask you before we go into that, though. Do you think, like, even if you're Shuby or you're a really good player, is it really that much different getting better? I mean, like, understanding that you can get a little bit better? No, that's a good question. No, but I think that you have a more captive audience with a group that's 
played the game for a long time. They don't have any expect. They're not turning pro. Um, they just want to. Maybe it's not so much getting better. It's finding ways to enjoy what they're doing more. And usually that means getting better. Mm-hmm. But um, so playing these little games with these guys, they love it, right? They probably never did something like that before. Uh, that, I think that's more what I meant. It, it's not so much about getting better. It, it's finding ways to enjoy the game more. Because I think sometimes we get lost in this idea that we have to achieve something before we can be happy, right? Meanwhile, we're out there having a good time playing, and these guys aren't playing. They're just having a good time getting better. Dan, what, what, talk about the games y'all had them play. Because I think that's I think that's something that I've done it with my tour players like Lucas. I've had Shuby do stuff. Man, like creating games for people to play is a really good way for people to get better. Most of, most people aren't very good at thinking of them on their own and stuff like that. I yeah. think that's where you kind of got you guys helped them today a good bit. Yeah, and we've obviously we've got a tremendous facility out here at Old Palmer where we're able to do that. Right, it's it's better than most, but we've got a lot of space, a lot of, um, a lot of space. flexibility to what we can do out there. Right, so it, it's nice. And and I spend a lot of my time in my lessons trying to come up with games that. In the game itself, it teaches you to get better. And, and Doc, you asked a, a great question out there. It was profound, right? It was a, a simple question, but it was really profound. Halfway through the game, he stops us and says, what are we trying to accomplish? Or what, what, is, what is your goal with this exercise, right? And I think so many of our students, they don't really think about the answer to that question before they start, right? They're just trying to absorb all of the information, right? That's why guys go to the range and just whack balls. Yeah. If you, if you took one of those guys and said, what are you accomplishing yeah. They wouldn't have an answer for it. These guys ripped off five or six things in yeah. this little game. So we played a game. Think about that. We, we were working on, we happened to be working on pitching, right? And so we played a game. We, we started off by just having them pitch a bunch of balls onto the green. And, you know, we, we kind of showed them how that was one way to practice, but this was like another way to practice, right? And so we played a game, you know, I, I call it leapfrog, where you're, you start off, you pitch a ball a few feet, right? And then you have to pitch the next ball over that ball. It's got to land past it. And there's a, you put a stick out there, about 30 yards, 35 yards in the distance. So all of your balls that you hit have to fly past the one that you previously hit and stop short of the stick. Those are the only rules, right? And so you're playing this game with yourself where you're, you're trying to fit as many balls into that space, right, as you can. And everybody's got a number. The number might be one, right? You may be able to pitch one ball into that space and that's all you can do. Well, next time you're trying to make two and then three, and you can compete with yourself, right? And, it, and we realize that it, it has a lot of benefit to it. And we, yeah. we did it on a couple different variations. We just keep coming up with stuff that we didn't probably think about ourselves. Yeah. Like, you're hitting different flighted shots. You're hitting, you're competing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not hitting the same shot twice. Right. In the afternoon, I stole that game, and we did it. But what we did was we had one kid go at a time. So now you have people watching. Mm-hmm. And the scores were drastically different than they were when they were just doing it on their own. Why yeah, was that? Well, they felt like their peers are watching them now. They have to perform better. And it, it was like added some pressure. And it, it was just, so you can, it, it was, it's a simple game, but there's so many things you got out of it. It was awesome. No, I, yeah. I love coming up with that, yeah. And so we were just talking to you about how you get people to then do it when you're not there. Too. And, and I think that question that you asked, what are you trying to accomplish? Yeah. If you can really get them to buy into the answer there, yeah. then maybe you hook them into that. No, it, it is. And I use that a lot when I have clients I work with go practice. They ask themselves that question before they go. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself what you're trying to accomplish that day. And what are you doing uh, in those drills that's helping you achieve that? Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes, we don't do that. It doesn't make us better golfers. And I think... 
we see the same thing on the fitness side. And I think that's one reason I like doing things this way. We had a, another young guy watching today and he said, man, that was like crazy different. And I said, I bet like where you work, some of the guys you work for, they'd gone crazy watching the chaos, organized chaos. And, uh, but I've found that young, all people, like I don't think they can hit balls for three hours straight. And if you keep people moving and you give them information, kind of like what you were saying, you give them one or two things. And then when you fast, you take that to the fitness side. Most people aren't going to go work out for an hour. And if we tell them that they've got to really go in the gym for an hour to make a difference on their game, they're probably not going to do that. Right. But if Morgan, if me and you, or me, you and Colby can give somebody one thing and then they see that their speed goes up or they see that it looks better, they're like, they're apt to try to go do, we had a few, we had a few guys today that were great that were like, so if I just go do that, come in here and do that when I practice, like I'm going to get better and I can just do that. I'm like, yeah, that's all you got to do. I think it goes back to what you said about it's okay to give somebody one or one little thing or not, you know, you don't have to expect them to turn into price. Yeah, the old yeah. You know? What did you see from them in fitness-wise? What, generally, what did you see from the people? I mean, I, I'm always amazed at how many young or people look really in shape, look pretty good, not myself, but, that how, but how unfunctional they are when it comes to playing a sport or golf. Right. That amazes me. And we had, some, we had a younger guy in the member thing this morning, like young, pretty in shape. Man, you put him on one leg, something like that totally not functional. I mean, it's amazing. Right, so I think it comes back to what you were saying. So my job when I first meet them is to figure out, you know, where their limits are, how their body moves, right, um, without a golf club in their hand. And so I always ask them a lot of questions. That's where I start. And I try to figure out, one, what does their fitness routine look like right now mm-hmm. and how we can make that better. And so, you know, today, for instance, most of them didn't have much of an answer other than, well, I go to the gym, but they don't really know what they do. So I think that's why they're not very functional because they may be doing the same movements or maybe they're doing movements that aren't even helping them, you know, from a golf perspective. So I told them the same thing. You know, I think a good goal for the weekend is to come away with, you know, two to three exercises that they can incorporate in every time they go into the gym. And that's a good start, you know, for them and what they're trying to accomplish. I've done, I mean, I've, you know, we talk about it for members, but like I've, I've tried to teach my tour players the same way. If they can leave with one, maybe that's why I keep getting fired, right? But, um, but uh, you know, if they can leave with a couple things or they're always working on a couple things, I don't think they're overwhelmed. Josh, so this is the first time you kind of observed. Sure. You've been around. What did you think about today? Some of your impressions, some of the things you learned, maybe some of the things you thought you didn't do very good. I don't tell those on you. <laughs> write those down and submit those to Dan. <laughs> submit to Dan. Right. After you get, after you get a drink another from me, coffee. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I thought the organization was fantastic and how you know you had groups that you know, switched off to one area, working on short game, going to, towards putting full swing and then just doing the fitness evaluations. I thought the whole day was structured perfectly that way. And I gotta interrupt for yeah. one second because that's never been a strength of these <laughs> <laughs> The first time I showed up and I should go ahead tell I don't want to Yeah you can. So the first time I showed Tony asked me to come to one of these camps. Yeah. And I you know back then I was I'd say I was a little more professional but I was I was in that series. But anyways, 
I wanted to have like a plan. I wanted to know what I was doing. Do I do I give a, a timeline? Like, yeah, I wanted to right. know like should I prepare? He's like, I don't know. Just I'm not much. All right, I don't know where I'm staying. I don't know what time <laughs> it is. And I show up to this thing. Tony's not there yet. Dan, you got to be so glad I've grown before. I'm I, you guys are coaching. No, but this, this is you know, and the kids are all over the place. And all of a sudden, it just like falls into place. Yeah. There's no itinerary. There's there's nothing. But I've got the itinerary. It, I know. So that's what for him to notice that the first time, you've come a long way. Nice. I feel like I've grown as a person. Yeah, and they were great. They were great back then too. Sorry, I had a sheet. That the fact that you said that really <laughs> struck me. <laughs> I will say. Doing stuff here with Dan and Hack has helped me because you have to be more realistic. I have to tell Dan what we're going to do. No, that's good. Right? <laughs> you needed need some of that. <laughs> I would prefer to say I've grown. But you went from a caterpillar to a yeah, butterfly. butterfly. <laughs> they're, they're pushing you to, to just bring out the best of you. Thank you. You have it in a shirt. Hat, what do you think about so, this? Wait, wait, let's ask you. I think, I think doing the swing analysis too, like the body swing connection, like, okay, we're going to try to work on your positions here to strike a little bit better, but here's what you need to do with your body in order to make those changes. Like, notice a couple of kids that we had feel this, or, you know, we want to get your body to move this way. Here's a few exercises to get you there. It was a home run because a light went on, like, oh, that's how it's supposed to be. And then without them really knowing, the club got in a better place and they started making better contact, more speed. I mean, I think that right there is... The thing, too, was there were a few, there were some that took longer, but there there were two or three where, like, in particular, there was the one where we put the band across the guy's kid's knees. Right. Which engaged his lower body, and after two swings, he was basically done. It was right. all he needed, like, like you know, it changed not everybody like that. And I told the other young guy, Rob, that was observing. I said, like, if it works out the way it did, like for this weekend, I like to have Colby and Morgan not do the fitness stuff the first day, where you evaluate them and you give them exercises, and then day two and three. Me, Hack, Dan, we kind of clean up some fundamentals in there. If there's a grip or there's a club face, whatever, but like get the body moving the right way first and then clean the other stuff up the other two days. And then we let Greg tell him how to think. Tell him how to think. Yeah. We'll FaceTime. Greg, Greg's, we'll face Greg's made more money for telling people to do nothing. That's my, my own joke. Yeah, it's the hardest thing to tell a golfer to do, though. It's nothing. Greg, yeah, exactly. It's nothing. I tell Shuby to do nothing all the time. It it's better. not. It's profound. You, you make it more accountable. Yeah, that's not. That's not true. No, no. I know. But, but but you make more accountability. When I say we should do nothing. Say it's being it's being simple. Yeah, accountability is the yeah. key. You right. Prioritize it on a piece of paper. And yeah. Well, that's a good. But like, you agree, but that's the thing. The key. You jump all over the place. Yeah. Right. And yeah. trying to keep him just doing. That's the what same I learned thing. from you, Doc. Yeah. Is the fact you just it's being simple. It's not doing nothing. It's being simple. You want to put little bullet points. Yeah. That's what I learned. And you from just you. try to try to eliminate. You still have to write those note cards. One or two things, right? Yeah. yeah. You try to take the static out of the brain. Yeah. More accountable, and then give them their homework. Shuby, what have you learned working with me and Doc? I think that's what Doc talked about. Nothing. No, no. Keeping it simple, really. It's you know, every time I come see you, it's not like you're telling me something different every time. 
um, we started working it's about a year ago now and I don't think we've worked on anything drastic at all and that's what Doc told me before I went to see you is you're not going to tell me to change my swing you know it was just the small changes over time and I do struggle with sticking to the same thing and that's what Doc has helped me a lot with is just continuing to go back to what you tell me and then staying on that track we got to give him a shout out to Shuby's the only student who <laughs> no, we've ever had go. take a bus there to come work with us. says a lot about somebody that wants to get better. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of people listening and a lot of kids that Thank you. we've had here Thank too you. that, you know, have plenty of means and they don't want it, don't want it as bad as you want it to be good. So it, I think I think when you're like that, though, everybody wants to help. Yourself. You yeah. know? I'm still going to be the shit, but <laughs> I like helping. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, having a group of people around is, is also really helpful. And just coming to these, me and Doc were talking about this last night, just coming to a retreat like this for a couple of days, even just to hang out with other people and learn, um, just seeing you teach other people or see what they're doing. Um, you know, last time I was here with Ben and uh, yeah, Mason, good, huh? learned so much from them too. Um, you know, obviously Tom's here this week. So just hanging around these people is a big advantage, I think. Yeah, I think you can learn a lot from the people around you. Yeah. I think you can learn a lot from the people around you, right? Um, Hold up. I thought we had a little issue there. No, nope, we're still rolling. We're still rolling. Um, yeah. Uh, Hack, what about you? What did you take from today? What do you No, I mean, I, I think it's the whole key is to have that whole, you have to have the pillars. Right? And you get the metal side, physical, and then you can get into the, the teaching side's the easy part. Knowing somewhat, but you can get, we know what we're, we've been doing it for so long, to get the structure and how to manage your time. We got some people hanging out over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is very important. People, oh, yeah, very important. No, I need a podcast. <laughs> we don't want people to know you. No, we, we, I'm going to go ahead and announce your name and address. <laughs> and how much I saw y'all drink last night. I was behaved. Um, no, I mean, but yeah, I, I think it takes, I kind of deve- not developed this, but I started this. Because I, I said somebody the other day, I'd go to, I remember being at the Players Championship and watching. I forget who it was, but I'd watch some. I'd watch three or four players go into the practice team, and they all had some fitness guy. They all had some mental guy, probably billing them for not even being there. And uh, and uh, and they had their coach. And I was like, why? Why wouldn't we start surrounding 13, 14, 15 year olds with the same type of help? And then it was like, well, then why don't we do that for club members? You know. Mm-hmm. And not everybody is as fortunate as us to be able to bring juniors and club members to people that work on the PGA Tour and all that. But I think everybody can find all those aspects wherever they are. You can find the best fitness guy in your town or you can find the best shrink in your town. But it's also fun. And I think that that was the message we tried to get across early on in these was that you can get better and have fun. It doesn't have to be a grind. It doesn't have to be put your head down and, and grind and get better. It, like, you can have a good time and get better at the same time. That's where, like, Hack, I think, would agree with me. Like, my old mentor, he'd turn over in his grave if he saw some of his. Like, he was brilliant. Oh, right, yeah. But, like, he thought 
it had to be super serious all day. They had to be hitting balls all day, keeping score of everything that was done. And like these kids at the end were exhausted, or adults were exhausted. And he didn't let them go on the practice holes or go on the golf course. It was just like I think they get. I think I think making it fun makes them better. I know it for sure makes them come back more. Yeah, but it does make it. You can you can do both. Mm-hmm. Dan, what else? No, I love that. And I think, you know, like you said, just making it fun and, and creating games out of it. Like, I know when I'm playing, right, and, and trying to compete, I, I, I tried to compete full-time for a couple of years, and I made the mistake of thinking that I just needed to Right, and spent more, oh, that's a good point. more time on the range, and I, I played often, right? Whereas when I was a kid, I would go to the course over, and I, you know, our practices would consist of playing golf. Um, and now, you know, I, I don't have the time or the desire to go to the range a whole lot. I'll hit balls a couple minutes every day, 10 minutes, just to kind of stay somewhat sharp. Um, but I find that the more that I play, Better, yeah, right. It doesn't have any correlation to how many balls I hit on the range. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. um, And and so I'm trying to instill that in in the practice habits of our members here and and students as well. um, But it's tough, right? It's tough to change because they see other people doing it on the range too, and they think, "Oh, I must have to go to the range." Right? I got to outwork the guy next to me. That's what everybody's doing. And if I'm at the range, I should just be hitting balls. We had a, I taught a junior yesterday, Jonathan Weinberg from around here, and Bobby Wyatt was my lesson before, and Bobby played on tour, was Walker Cupper, all that, and Bobby and I have taught him since he was a kid, and I, I said to Jonathan, I said, you want to ask Bobby anything, and because the kid's smart, he always likes that, he'll ask a good question, and he said to Bobby, he said, well, how would you approach getting better? when you're going to school and you don't have a lot of time. And uh, Bobby said, well, I would play all the time. Mm-hmm. And he told him the story about how he goes, you know, when I was a kid, all he did was play golf. He was the number one junior in the world, number one amateur. He said, then he goes, then I became a pro and I joined Frederica. He had a great practice facility. And I realized all I did was practice. And I spent all this time practicing, but I never played. And he's like, you know, now I'm working for Goldman Sachs. <laughs> I mean, but he's like, I should have joined Ocean Forest where all I did was play golf and go play with the guys and hit a few balls on this little range to get loose. So, because that's what I did the whole time growing up. I was a great player. Yeah. And I think people get away from that, though. I think people, and I also think another piece of advice for people, too, teachers and players, we've been doing a lot of mentoring, is like people get away from what makes them good. I think sometimes, and they start thinking, you see that all the time. Like, guy's a great young player. He plays all the time, and they get there, and they're good, and then they think they got to do something different, so they start hitting balls all day, every day, or changing something. So, can I ask you about that, actually? So, everybody, to some degree, right, recognizes that they have a strength or a variety of strengths and a weakness or a variety of weaknesses, right? Like, for instance, my putting and chipping has never been as good as my long game, right? And so you start to identify that way as a golfer, right? And it's like, I, I just have to work on my, my putting and chipping because that's my weakness, right? When do you stop 
identifying that way and saying, you know what, I'm no longer bad at this, right? Or we kind of live with that for our whole lives. Yeah, absolutely. We've talked about these before, right? Like, with party. The, the inclination is I have to go work harder at my party. And then what happens when you go work harder at an aspect that you struggle at, you usually get worse, right? Because there's this expectation that I go out and I spend X amount of hours on my putting, I'm, I'm bound to be better, right? Meanwhile, now you're neglecting other parts of your game, and you don't get better by practicing more. And I think that's, it's fluid, it's constantly changing. It's a, it's a good question, but we, I think some people never get rid of that stigma for themselves. They're always consider themselves a bad yeah, um, but I think maybe the message is that just because you may be struggling, or you know, you go through your stats and you see, uh, you know, my proximity to the hole from sixty yards is the worst, and now you're going to go out there and spend eight hours a day fixing that. It doesn't work that way. I think you develop, uh, you get better organically by by playing golf, right? Not by specifically working on one thing. No, there's time to get better. There's always room for improvement for technical stuff. I think. Um, I mean, you guys are all busy teaching, right? So there's a desire to get better. And But I think playing golf is how you get better at playing golf. I think the best feature, there's a lot of great features here at Old Palm, but I think the best feature, I've told both of y'all this, is the ability to use those practice holes to teach a person for 20 minutes or 30 minutes and get them doing whatever you got them doing, yeah. and then actually go hit a have them hit balls yeah. on an environment that resembles or is close to what they're going to have. Yeah, because you know, and, I, and that's why I think people love having you involved in these things, Doc. Is because they we all all of us can get almost anybody hitting pretty good on the range, right? Where they feel pretty good, but it's hard to transfer it. But over. there's yeah, but there's two components to. Good golf. It's, it's skill development, which is what you guys help with, and then there's playing golf. They're two different things, and we never we talk about you don't practice the way you play. It's just not how golf works. So you have to be creative. It's one thing I think Morgan's done a really nice job in Mobile. Follow her on Instagram. I mean, I do follow her on Instagram. So that's how I keep up with her. But like, she spends a lot of time with kids on the golf course. You know, and there's a lot of teachers that don't create the time or don't take the don't time have the to time. do that or don't have the time yeah. and it's hard as you get busier it's hard I, I get it but like I, I think that if you're really committed to making somebody better I think you got to go on the golf course with them. Yeah. I think you, and I think that's why going back to those practice holes are so cool I mean Mo just think if you had those three practice holes and you, with all those kids you teach and you could just take them out on them like every one of those kids would be a superstar yeah. I mean they would and if I've got juniors that are out there competing, like I tell them, like you don't need a lesson in here, you know, inside of a bay every time. Like every third lesson, we need to be on the golf course. Mm-hmm. And I just let them know, and they just get so much more out of it. And they're, you know, they're out there, you know, swinging more freely and doing more of what they would naturally do. I also think that too. I've always thought that putting people around people that are better than them helps them, like. Having those kids tomorrow, they're going to be around Shuby a little bit, or Tom Lovelady helping people like those, you know, those kids. Tom helping them, I think, is really valuable and, and stuff. You know, I think that's good for them. We saw that today, actually, coming on that in the, in the morning session that we did, where Ted 
three, and we, we were doing these contests right at the end of the at the end of the session. And in both sessions, we had a player that was clearly a better golfer than the other two, right? <laughs> but we were doing these contests, and yeah. they were all really tight. Yeah. All the contests came down to the last shot, essentially, mm -hmm. to where the, the better players rose to the occasion. Or, I'm sorry, the, the higher handicappers rose to the occasion, and, and the better golfer, you could, you could see there was some yeah, added stress on his face, yeah. right? Because yeah. he, he knew he needed he should be winning. Yeah, exactly. So I think it was good for everybody. That yeah, that worked out well. The last part of it, I think that's been kind of cool with what we've been doing around here. And I know Hack and I went and did something at the Everglades Club the other night. It's been fun being down here and having so many young pros come out to watch and to mentor young young pros. I know Hack loves them, and Dan you get as well, the mentoring aspect of it. And Mo, you've seen, we've had a real influx of that even in Mobile, people coming to watch what we do. So it's pretty cool watching that. And to me, that's kind of the fun part is seeing young people where we used to be and, and wanting to learn. And I think that, I don't know, it seems like there's more people engaged in that aspect of it maybe than there used to be. Yeah. We're going to have more of that tomorrow. So we've got a bunch of young pros on our staff. Yeah. Uh, I think four of them are going to come out tomorrow on their day off. Oh, wow. And just shadow and, and help out. So it's we, we, take a, we talked about a lot of golf instruction here, but we, we can apply mentoring to anything, right? Yeah. So we take that seriously here. Mark and I have been working on that, you know, for years here where um, you know, we really try and help people to grow not only as teachers but as people. Right, and so well, that's we do, do stuff all year long, and you know, again, just like with the golf piece, you're not trying to give them everything at once, right? It might just be one thing. You might might just be working on one element, and it's unique to every individual. You know, over the course of a season, you hope that they grow as a person. Yeah, yeah, you get to get the hard love. That's what we have. We're not as hard on them as they were on us. No, but I'm saying somewhat. Yeah, put them in check. Awesome stuff. Guys, thanks for a great first day of a great weekend. Shubi, thanks for coming down. Thanks for riding the Greyhound. Um, man, that's a perfect sponsor when you turn the tour. You could be the first tour player sponsored by Greyhound that rides a bus across country. <laughs> no offense, but if you're a tour player with a Greyhound sponsor, you're probably not doing so well. <laughs> more thinking NetJets. NetJets. You I love Greyhound. I love Greyhound. Mo, awesome work as always. Josh, thanks for hanging out. Hack, you're the best, baby. Doc. It's time to get another drink on Dan's tab, don't you? Know? <laughs> We're dinner, are we? <laughs> no, no, we can't put dinner on his tab unless they let us eat here at Old Paul. <laughs> you think that's possible? Anything's <laughs> possible, right? You can always ask. <laughs> Dan, can we eat here and put it on your tab? And if you're at Old Palm, go put drinks on Dan's tab. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this edition of the Tour Coach. I want to take a minute and thank Cordy Walker and Golf Science Lab, as well as my sponsors Shrikshan, Buick. Bushnell, and Vineyard Vines for helping make all of this possible and helping me share my insights with you. If you like what you've heard, why don't you check out more on the Dew Sweepers channel on YouTube as well as the Dew Sweeper on Instagram or go to DewSweepersGolf.com to find out more about my teaching, my travels, and where you can find out more about me.